In the early 50s, I suffered temporarily from a disease of middle age. I used to give philosophical talks about science, how science satisfies curiosity, how it gives you a new world view, how it gives man the ability to do things, how it gives him power. And the question is, in view of the recent development of the atomic bomb, is it a good idea to give men that much power? I also thought about the relation of science and religion, and it was about this time when I was invited to a conference in New York that was going to discuss the ethics of equality. Before I got there, they sent around a list of books you might find interesting to read and please send us any books you want others to read and we will store them in the library so that others may read them. So here comes this wonderful list of books. I start down the first page. I haven't read a single one of the books, and I feel very uneasy. I hardly belong. I look at the second page. I haven't read a single one. I found out, after looking through the whole list, that I haven't read any of the books. I must be an idiot, an illiterate. There were wonderful books there, like Thomas Jefferson on freedom, or something like that. And there were a few authors I had read. There was a book by Heisenberg, one by Schrodinger, and one by Einstein. But they were something like Einstein, my later years, and Schrodinger, what is life different from what I had read? So I had a feeling that I was out of my depth and that I shouldn't be in this. Maybe I could just sit quietly and listen. I go to the first big introductory meeting and a guy gets up and explains that we have two problems to discuss. The first one is fogged up a little bit. Something about ethics and equality. But I don't understand what the problem exactly is. And the second one is we are going to demonstrate by our efforts a way that we can have a dialogue among people of different fields. There was an international lawyer, a historian, a Jesuit priest, a rabbi, a scientist, me, and so on. Well, right away, my logical mind goes like this. The second problem I don't have to pay any attention to because if it works, it works. 
And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We don't have to prove that we can have a dialogue and discuss that we can have a dialogue if we haven't got any dialogue to talk about. So the primary problem is the first one, which I didn't understand. I was ready to put my hand up and say, would you please define the problem better? But then I thought, no, I am the ignoramus. I'd better listen. I don't want to start trouble right away. The subgroup I was in was supposed to discuss the ethics of equality in education. In the meetings of our subgroup, the Jesuit, the Jesuit priest was always talking about the fragmentation of knowledge. He would say, the real problem in the ethics of equality in education is the fragmentation of knowledge. This Jesuit was looking back into the 13th century when the Catholic Church was in charge of all education and the whole world was simple. There was God and everything came from God. It was all organized, but today it's not so easy to understand everything. Finally, I said, what is the ethical problem associated with the fragmentation of knowledge? He would only answer me with great clouds of fog. And I'd say, I don't understand. And everybody else would say they did understand. And they tried to explain it to me. But they couldn't explain it to me. So the others in the group told me to write down why I thought the fragmentation of knowledge was not a problem of ethics. I went back to my dormitory room and I wrote out carefully, as best I could, what I thought the subject of the ethics of equality in education might be. And I gave some examples of the kinds of problems I thought we might be talking about. The next day, I brought my paper into the meeting and the guy said, Yes, Mr. Feynman has brought up some very interesting questions we ought to discuss and we'll put them aside for some possible future discussion. They completely missed the point. I was trying to define the problem and then show how the fragmentation of knowledge didn't have anything to do with it. And the reason that nobody got anywhere in that conference was that they hadn't clearly defined the subject of the ethics of equality in education. And therefore, no one knew exactly what they were supposed to talk about.
There was a sociologist who had written a paper for us all to read, something he had written ahead of time. I started to read the damn thing, and my eyes were coming out. I couldn't make head nor tail of it. I figured it was because I hadn't read any of the books on that list. I had this uneasy feeling of, I am not adequate, until finally I said to myself, I'm gonna stop and read one sentence slowly so I can figure out what the hell it means. So I stopped at random and read the next sentence very carefully. I can't remember it precisely, but it was very close to this. The individual member of the social community often receives his information via visual symbolic channels. The individual member of the social community often receives his information via visual symbolic channels. I went back and forth over it and translated. You know what it means? People read. The individual member of the social community often receives his information via visual symbolic channels. People read. The individual member of the social community often receives his information via visual symbolic channels. People read. Then I went over the next sentence and I realized that I could translate that one also. Then it became a kind of empty business. Sometimes people read. Sometimes people listen to the radio. And so on but written in such a fancy way that I couldn't understand it at first. And when I finally deciphered it, there was nothing to it. There was only one thing that happened at that meeting that was pleasant or amusing. At this conference, Every word that every guy said at the plenary session was so important that they had a stenotypist there typing every goddamn thing. Somewhere on the second day, the stenotypist came up to me and said, What profession are you? 
Surely not a professor. I am a professor, I said. Of what? Of physics, science. Oh, that must be the reason, he said. Reason for what? He said, you see, I am a stenotypist and I type everything that is said here. Now, when the other fellows talk, I type what they say, but I don't understand what they are saying. But every time you get up to ask a question or to say something, I understand exactly what you mean, what the question is and what you are saying. So I thought you can't be a professor.